the Bible Study Podcast, episode 682. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 37. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We begin the last section here in Genesis. So we've been carrying on this story for generations, and the last generation we're going to focus on is this generation of Joseph and his brothers, the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel. Joseph's Dreams Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? Then they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told it to his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Let's pause there for a second. So we've got some family drama going on, and this is family drama that was somewhat inevitable because Jacob married, well, married two different women, had children by four different women once you count the servants who it finally by this point talks of as wives, which I was glad to hear. And basically, he's got different sons with different mothers, and there's some rivalry that's going to happen inevitably when you have 12 sons, and he doesn't make it any better. Let's just blame a lot of this on Jacob. And we understand why Jacob is fond of Joseph, because he is the son of the wife he intended to marry, and because he was born after his brothers, except for Benjamin, who's still young at this time. And probably by this point, and possibly by the time we're relating this story, since it was earlier in Genesis, his mother, the wife that Jacob intended to marry, Rachel, is dead. And so he looks at Joseph, he sees the beloved wife, he loves him more, and then he makes the matters worse by getting him this coat of many colors, this robe that is ornate, which you've heard of. We learned about it in Sunday school. We saw the musical, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. And his brothers already have a problem with him. And then some of Joseph's actions don't help. Now, I'm not going to say that Joseph does anything wrong, but he certainly does things that you might have thought better of. So for instance, he is out there with his half-brothers 
who are the sons of the two servants, and they screw up. I don't know what they do, but he tattles. He goes and tells dad, hey, they were doing this. We don't know what they did. We don't know what Joseph said, but they didn't like it. Same happens today. (laughs) Still causes problems today. You know that when you tell on your brothers, they won't like that. And when you pile that onto the fact that they know that you're the favorite son, they're going to like it even less. They hate him, it says. And then he has two dreams. And Joseph did have these dreams, we believe, because we're going to see that Joseph has both dreams and later we're going to see that he has the ability to understand dreams. And so probably Joseph did have these dreams. And he was excited about them because they're interesting dreams. And so he went and told his brothers. Well, his brothers, it wasn't hard for them to figure out when you're talking about 11 sheaves bowing to one that he was probably saying that he had a dream that they're going to bow down to him. They don't necessarily see that Joseph is a dreamer in a good way. They don't necessarily see that this is something that God is telling him. In fact, they probably think that this is just grandiose thinking on Joseph's part because dad thinks he's so special. What are you going to do? You're going to rule over us. Then he has this other dream that even his father is like, what are you doing telling this dream? Are are your mother and I and all your brothers going to bow down to you? And his brothers hate him, and his father bears these things in mind. We don't know what that means, but his father may be thinking, hmm, I wonder where that dream is from. We don't know. But that's kind of the setup for a series of things that are going to happen to Joseph. We're going to, cut, we're going to start this story this week. We're not going to finish it for a couple weeks. And this is going to be one of the few places in Genesis that has a little more definitive moral to the story. But it starts this way. Joseph sold by his brothers. Now, his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. 
Judas said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it and see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. And so Joseph's journey starts here. And it starts with brothers who are fratricidal. They are see him and they want to kill him. Now, I don't know how much you have ever pissed off your brother, but hopefully your brother has not wanted to kill you or your brothers. But that's how they feel about Joseph. So that's how bad things are. Fortunately, there are some calmer heads, the first one being Reuben, who intends to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. Now, we don't know whether the father sent him to check up on them. You know, that's kind of the implication is make sure they're okay. Well, he's already tattled on his brothers before and said when things weren't right. So, you know, maybe it's, hey, go see if they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing. We don't know. But they see him, and the very act of seeing him, they want to kill him. And then the other calm head is Judah, who says, no, let's not kill him. Let's sell him, which is better. But they see these merchants, these Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites would be their second cousins, I think, now. And so they see them and they say, hey, let's sell this guy. Let's sell our brother off. And so they do, and they sell him, and he goes off to Egypt. But what are they going to tell Dad? And what they're going to tell Dad is they bring back this Technicolor dream coat, this coat of many colors, this ornate robe, with it dipped in a goat's blood, and they say, hey, we don't know what's going on here. We found this. Do you think this is Joseph's? Knowing that their father will recognize it, and he mourns for his lost son. And as far as he knows, he is dead. As far as the brothers know, he is out of their lives. But the story will go on and we'll pick it up next week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening.
The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.